Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. How do you like your coffee? Like I like my women. How's that? Coming to you almost live from a hollowed-out bus in the Capital Wasteland, this is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. And I'm Adam. And we are your hosts. I'm really excited. Why are you really excited? Well, I'm glad you asked, Scott, because I wasn't going to answer... Until someone asks me a question, which is how question and answer works. There are three reasons I'm excited. One, I became an uncle last week. Two. Congratulations. I don't have the swine flu. Congratulations and again. And three, we have the creators of the Edmontonian.com in the studio with us. Welcome to Jeff and Sally. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I am glad you don't have the swine flu since Yet. we're going to be in here together <laughs> at close quarters. Well, it's, you know terrifying and all that stuff uh didn't even have didn't even get a chance to stand in line but i did have a flu so uh beware stop touching me jeff that's uh, stop looking i thought everything was cleared <laughs> i thought you said we were fine well you'll, you'll still get sick you just won't get leapert sick okay um topical yes well uh today we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about why you created the Edmontonian, where exactly you come from, and what your goals are with this little-known website. And I don't really mean little-known because it, I'm under the impression that you guys do all right traffic-wise and there are more than a few people who know about you. Is we that, also have tens of, tens of readers, readers, viewers. <laughs> and we have tens of listeners. And somehow... Hopefully some of them are different. I'm hoping, yeah. And they yeah. can cross over. So we'll have 20s of listeners. <laughs> that's, a the bold, next show. that's a bold dream. Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you guys had really... Dare to dream. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so you're not from Edmonton, you, Jeff. No, I am not. Now, Sally, are you from Edmonton? Yeah, I grew up in Beaumont. Oh, that's not Edmonton. No. 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 It's Beaumont. But there was nothing in Beaumont when I lived there, so we used to come into Edmonton all the time, right? Now there's plenty of stuff in Beaumont. Yeah, but at the time, Mill the Millwoods Town Center was like the, the track. It was like, <laughs> we're going to Millwoods Town Center, we're going to get some Baskin-Robbins. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I kind of feel that way right now. <laughs> About Millwoods Town Center. <laughs> Let's go get some 31 flavors. Since Millwoods Town Center was a destination for you back in the Dizzle, yeah. uh, that's actually <laughs> how I talk, people. <laughs> I'm just trying it out. I want to be cool. So, uh, it, because you know it so well, answer this question. For oh, me. God, I haven't been there in years. Are there actually only 31 flavors at Baskin Robbins? I don't think there are any more. I think they have more than that now. Hmm. Do you have a phone? We can call Baskin Field Robbins. Field trip. I, I can't <laughs> afford a phone. Um, Jeff, you're not from Beaumont, but you're not from Edmonton. So where are you from? I am from neither. I'm from Ontario. Hey, originally. you jerk! I'm sorry, I'm Albertan. I'm supposed to say that. I said Ontario, not Toronto. Oh, well. I guess where, like a little... Where anyway. in Ontario? Uh, about 90 minutes north of Toronto. On, Still too uh, close for comfort. <laughs> Yee! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Toronto. Only to visit. And, uh, yeah, I'm a couple of different cities and towns on the southern shores of Georgian Bay. Great Lakes region. That sounds picturesque. It's lovely. <laughs> it's better than the used hubcap district in Edmonton, of which there are seven. 
I think. So you left Ontario and came here to Edmonton. Why? To start a website. <laughs> yes, because wherever I lived in Ontario, I did not have a good enough name <laughs> to slap Onion or Ite onto it. And Edmonton fit the bill. Uh, no, I bounced around in uh, various radio news jobs, including a stint in Toronto. Oh, and you hated it, didn't and you? And I, yes, I hated oh. it. Actually, funny, I uh, went in there with not a hate, but I was sort of on alert because prior to Toronto, I had been in Winnipeg, which is where actually Sally and I met. But so I went Ontario to Winnipeg, defended Ontario all day in Winnipeg, of then course. went from the sort of the West-ish to Toronto and had to defend the West while I was in Toronto. Wow. And, uh, and then, yes, we came out here. That was the next stop. And that was a, a job situation thing for you guys? Yeah, it was that I was working at the Lettuce Eatery in downtown Toronto making salads for $7 an hour yeah. and couldn't find a job because I moved to Toronto uh, without having anything lined up. And I got a job here and was like, I have to move because I don't have a job. So I moved out here and about two months later you moved out here? Something like that. Something like that? Yeah. So now you work in television. I don't anymore, but I did until very recently. Okay. Yeah. And, and the economy is what changed that. Yes. But when you... I can't believe you couldn't find a job in television uh, in Toronto. I couldn't believe it at the time either, but uh, it was sort of, it, it's like Hollywood, right? Everybody everybody goes there thinking Don't it's, say that. Everyone from no. Toronto is like, exactly. <laughs> no, that's, I've been saying that it for is years. Though. People, every, everybody uh, goes to Toronto thinking that they're going to be like, I don't know, who's a, who's a big deal? They're that's be why I went there. I was just thinking <laughs> now. Rooney. Here's the thing. I've heard, I've heard something a little different than that. I've heard if you want to make it in theater you go to toronto you go east and if you want to be in movies you go west to vancouver that's what i've heard so vancouver is becoming the la where all of the wannabes are that's i think that's really true and especially with i used to work in like movie production um and that's tends you're right it tends to all go west um in television like in terms of like news and stuff i think people even with you when you went to toronto there's a perception that if you can make it in toronto that's your career is really going to take off once you get there uh mine did not i made salads for seven dollars an hour but you well, they know, were good though right they Dude, you were a salad artist. Hey, this they was were Toronto salad. It was fancy. <laughs> they were television quality salads. We used only the finest arugulas <laughs> mm, and other various weed leaves. <laughs> Didn't mean weed, though. That's not what I meant. Anyways, not pot. Here we go. Uh, and now you're here, both of you, variously working and not working. But obviously, you guys have uh, aspirations to do interesting things. Uh, this is me saying that. You don't have to agree. You can say, oh, thank you. That's no, I just want to sit on the couch. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's that's my aspiration as well. But Scott makes me come here every two weeks <laughs> to record. Anyways. It's like um, a job, except more fun and it doesn't pay. <laughs> so, yes, and uh, you'll understand why shortly. Um, Jeff and Sally, you started the Edmontonian.com. Why the hell did you do that? I think the reasons are many, and they can change sort of every time we think about it or, or talk about it. Um, as I had mentioned before, I've bounced around in news, and at the time, and currently, I'm not really in a, a full-out sort of day-to-day -day news job. So there was sort of aspirations, if you will, to kind of have that again. And I've done some freelancing and just sort of still had that, that news bug. And, and sort of current events and local events kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I think there's also just a feeling sometimes that local can be underplayed in sort of the newsrooms that kind of focus on all things to all people. They're doing local, but they're doing national and international and sports and entertainment and 
everything and sometimes really interesting local stories are nowhere to be found or you're finding them in a podcast you're finding them on a blog you're finding out about new restaurants from food blogs um, mm -hmm. because there's not really much food or restaurant reviewing going on just stuff like that so we had that feeling that there could be something that could be more of a central hub but also not a, a hub in the sense that you know the journal and other uh, things are I guess uh, one of the things I'm trying to uh, drill down toward is in my opinion if I were in your position you'd have to like a place to create a website like the one you've created you know what's interesting about that is that I actually being from here I can say this you can't because you're from Ontario I hate Edmonton with passion I always have and what I discovered the longer we did it was that it's like wow I'm kind of a jerk because it's actually really great when you <laughs> when you pay attention to the people and not necessarily the politics right because yeah. I'm a super lefty um, that it's it's if you get past that stuff it's it's a lot more interesting and you kind of um, I kind of fell in love with Edmonton the more stories that we did and I'd be like wow there's great people here I'm a jerk for having been so miserable about it all these years I think that's a perception that a lot of people have in Edmonton and I think that's a shame I think there is a lot to like about the city of Edmonton and I think that there's uh, I don't know uh, there's a lack of what, where am I going with this? What's the word I'm looking for? There's a lack awareness? of awareness. We yes. have to raise awareness? Like, <laughs> is that what we have to do? Basically, that there is a lack of awareness of all that there is to do, of all the great things in this city. And that's why there's the whole Deadmonton yeah. kind of perception that there's nothing to do here and the people are all jerks and they drive like ass. When, in fact, there is a lot to enjoy. You just have to give except, it a polish and take a look. Except the driving. The driving, they do actually <laughs> They actually, like yes, that's yeah. true. They do actually drive like ass. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I understand what you mean. And I, I think I know where you're coming from. I, I used to hate Edmonton as well. And it wasn't because of my politics at all. It was just, I don't know, as a place, there didn't seem like there was a lot going on. It was kind of, sometimes Edmonton, Edmonton can be really dreary looking. And, uh, and I firmly believe that that was, you know, generally the case five years ago. I don't think it's so much the case anymore. And I don't know if that's a function of being more plugged in to what's going on. I mean, like, like you said, doing stories about the yeah. city makes you sort of realize what's actually happening. Um, I'm going to go back to it because I love it, but like things like Twitter, it's stuff that plugs you in and makes you see what's going on. I guess those help you appreciate a place. Now, I don't know that that would ever be effective for Toronto. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think it is because I think it doesn't matter where you are, uh, whether it's Toronto or other places, you're going to meet somebody who's been there their whole life and you're going to ask them what there is to do and they're going to say, ah, there's nothing going on. Yeah, totally. It doesn't matter what city it is. Um, and there will be people who hate it and want to leave. Um, and there'll be people who love it and, you know, and there'll be people who love it and others can't understand why. Yeah. Um, so I think it can apply to other cities. Um, you know, I, but I think there is some of that. I think it's, and I really do feel more plugged in or aware, as you were saying, of sort of the good stuff or all the stuff that is happening yeah. um, by being online with Twitter and blogs. And because, I mean, sometimes, you know, the news of the day is a murder or the news of, you know, many days seems to be crimes and negative things. Mm -hmm. And not to say you shouldn't cover those um, and that they don't deserve coverage. Uh, but if newsrooms are smaller and they have definitely become smaller in the last few years, uh, if that's what you're covering and you're not covering anything else, but people want to know what's, you know, being built 
on that street? And didn't something new just open downtown? And didn't I just hear something about the city planning some big you know, project and things like that? And if that's not getting covered in the news, then I've been finding a lot of that stuff online mm-hmm. because people look out their window and they see something and they can put it online now. And you don't have to wait three weeks for, for the journal or, or Chad or CTV or somebody to eventually get around to it or get a press release about it. That people, you know, blog, you know, there's probably hundreds of bloggers in the city. Yeah. Um, and they're from all over the place. And some of them are just mentioning stuff that they're seeing in their neighborhoods. And, and you guys are, are taking that spirit and kind of, I don't want this to sound sinister, but using it to your advantage. Well, I think the thing that I, I found here was just that all the different communities were so fractured and splintered by district or if it was artsy by theater or if it's music by genre of music. And all that we're doing, I think we have a target and it tends to be people like 35 and under. Mm-hmm. And all we're doing is saying, we're being almost really specific and being like, these are things that people have told us about that we think are interesting. Um, and yeah, we're getting a lot of that off of blogs and, and Twitter and places like that. Um, and just if you don't have time to sit on Twitter all day, if you don't have time, you can go there and we try and kind of do the best of, Yeah. if that yeah. makes sense. So, I mean, that's all, I have a lot more disdain for, for sorry, for local media. Um, having worked in it for so long, I'm really cynical about it. Yeah. Um, and I've watched them kind of take the easy route again and again and again by doing this, sort of news coverage that is very focused on murder and crime and things that splinter a community and make you feel afraid and isolated. And what we wanted to do was, you know, not to overlook that stuff, but to be like, realistically, half the city isn't getting murdered every day. There's no reason to focus on that. <laughs> so, you know, why don't we talk about the interesting things and and the more positive things um, at the same time without being a booster, but uh, do that and try and bring people together and give them something to be for or to talk about as yeah. opposed to things to be afraid of. So you kind of found a niche in a way that uh, yeah, something that that the more mainstream local media wasn't offering exactly yeah well and i would also say the advantage of the internet um and i you know maybe we're the only website or one of the first ones to do it in edmonton but i mean it's being done in other places and i think will eventually become more of the norm the advantage of the internet is that you can start to break down the the fact that you know other media exists the journal and and every other newsroom and I'm sorry I keep mentioning the journal but like all the you newsrooms really you hate the, the journal. journal no I'm, I'm just the, the most popular comes to mind that kind of thing no I'm not slagging them um, I just you know I'm sorry to other media newsrooms that I'm not mentioning them as much um, but uh, I've lost my train of thought <laughs> you started with the journal and, <laughs> and it is amazing and no uh, they uh, I, I found my train of thought again ride that train Jeffrey <laughs> Um, they'll, the, the newsrooms cover everything and try to cover everything because they are coming from this model where they have to be all things to all people because they need to sort of say to their audience, we are the only news source you need, which, you know, is great and can breed competition, which can breed, you know, chasing more stories and original reporting and investigative reporting. Um, but at the same time, I think people are smarter than that and they know that, you know, there's another newspaper or there's a bunch of radio stations or there's TV stations and there's, you know, there's news online as well, whether it's you know an arm of those other existing newsrooms and that kind of thing. So in the sense that we don't have to go out and cover, you know, murders and lots of crime. And if we had, you know, paid staff of reporters, we might not even cover it that much. It's because we can admit and maybe it's because, you know, we're not beholden to shareholders or we're not trying to rake in tons of money. We could admit, you know, the journal did a great job. Or Chet and the Sun have this crime story first today, 
And, you know, CTV's got this story about the H1N1. Go read it. Go look at it. The city is telling us there's some LRT disruptions this weekend. I don't have to assign a reporter to say there are LRT disruptions this weekend. Here's what the city says. There you go. And then we can use our time to, to write about stuff at, at the Edmontonian. We can write about stuff that we're seeing that's going on. Or, you know, somebody's written an interesting blog and we can see if they want to, you know, put it on our website or we can get people to submit. And then, you know, we're not covering all the same things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's going to evolve and we'll probably start seeing more. I don't know in what forms, um, but I think... Well, I'm sure that regardless of what form it takes, the journal will do it exceedingly well. <laughs> well I know that I know you. Think I know they this will. This podcast brought to you by the Edmonton <laughs> Journal. Yeah. And uh, hire me, journal. Hire me. <laughs> Jeff needs a job. That's actually why we had him on the show. Wait, no, wait. Sally no, needs Sally a job. Sally needs a job. Um, I think that I like what you guys are doing, and it's it's it doesn't sound like you're trying to become. I, you know, you see commercials on TV for news organizations, or you hear them on the radio, and and they're they want to be your news they want to be the the center of your community and it's not like you guys are trying to be the the hub of the edmonton community you're just trying to be a hub of some of the edmonton community make no illusions about that well that's just such a to me that's just such an outdated that was fine and you know when television came out you had to be you had to build a really personal relationship with your audience because it was a talking box in your living room and that's (laughs) freaking scary it's still scary right (laughs) i I welded arms onto mine (laughs) what devilry is this (laughs) danger will robinson (laughs) Um, and it's just it's just outdated. And I've always thought that even working in television, when you wouldn't uh, mention other stations, it just seems like such an idiotic. Like, why are you lying? There are other stations on the air. Why can't you mention that they've done a story? Why can't you give them credit and be like, clearly we scalped the story from the journal yeah. again with the journal. Um, <laughs> it just <laughs> we love the journal. It just seems it just seems so stupid to me that that this is like the for people who are younger and maybe a little bit more media savvy. This seems like the logical evolution of that that it's like yes everybody else is doing stuff they can go and cover stories we can't go read them because we're more concerned with you being informed than we are with our ad revenues or you know creating the illusion that somehow we're the best yeah or trying to earn money off an outdated model edmonton journal <laughs> you know what uh at this point people are going to start assuming that the edmonton journal is sponsoring our podcast <laughs> they are not i'd like to say i will shift and pick a new newsroom when i mention things <laughs> Tens of listeners, I would like to state unequivocally that we have no affiliation with the Edmonton Journal, even though there is a possibility down the road that we will have one of their editors or writers as a guest on the show. We accept no money from the Edmonton Journal, but we would accept money if they offered it to us. Because we are shameless sellouts. And we're poor. <laughs> so poor. Um, I did have an actual question for you <laughs> that I've forgotten. He cracked himself up. I'm so funny, you know? Guys, in his own mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yes, that, that's what I was going to ask you. How much of what you have done with the website was willful? Like, did you you guys were like, we're going to create this website and it's going to do the following things, and we want it to be X, Y, and Z. Like, th- was it something that you talked about and strategized, or is it just something that the two of you sort of had in your heads? Uh, there is not a lot of strategy. Uh, which, if we could go back and do it again, yeah. there would be more strategy planning. Okay, okay. why is uh, that? I think we kind of had that anger like, yeah, there should be something like this. Or, yeah, it'd be so easy to do this. And and then, you know, if you have a website like this and maybe it takes off or there's another one that, you know, people start doing that it takes off and then it, you know, forces the other actual real newsrooms of the city to maybe get into some of the more original investigative news because 
any guy with a computer can retype the press release or Ooh, tell you. Newsrooms don't like when you say that. But <laughs> it's true, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody can do that. Anybody can retype the press release or send you on a link to the press release. Yeah. Um, and anybody can you know, do that kind of stuff. So if you're getting paid and you're paying people to cover something, go and do some original stuff because we can all talk about a new restaurant opening. Um, which is fun and interesting and really a part of Edmonton stuff opening and those kinds of things. But maybe the other newsrooms, once that's being taken over by blogs and the, the web, can go and do some original stuff that we can't do. We can't sit at City Hall all day and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But So, I mean, we had some of that sort of passion, anger, I don't know. And then as we were seeing sort of newsrooms, there was, you know, some bigger stuff this year, some major layoffs in Can West and everything else that we sort of said, now should be the time to start something like this because somebody else is going to do it. And, you know. And they'll struggle to find and a then, way to yeah, make money. Exactly. <laughs> well, somebody else may do it and maybe they thought about it longer than we did. Um, but so, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of strategy. But I mean, some of the things along the way were just, yeah, we'd like to talk about some stuff that we just see and that's interesting. And, and then that seems to, to take off and talk with other people online and have it really be sort of a, a conversation and we wanted people to contribute and and people have uh and it's still amazing because we're obviously we're not paying and we're not you know you know tricking people into thinking we're paying and people are you know i think because it's a small hub yeah. that a few people go there maybe then some other you know when you just start up your own blog maybe people have seen that a little bit um I've... maybe people just want to be a part of a community because that's something that I, I do like doing it. And we have talked about that we'd like if somebody's writing a blog, opinion piece or otherwise, and it's really interesting, you know, can we put it on our website? You yeah. know, we would like to link to it, but we'd like we'd love to just put it on as a story. Um, and people are usually very happy to do so. And then, you know, they get, I guess, maybe more people who could see it then. And that sort of real community contribution model. Um, going out and seeking sort of the freelancer as opposed to the traditional model um, where if you've got an idea and you want to write for something or do a radio doc or something, you have to pitch it to the newsroom. Yeah. Um, whereas we're just looking for people who are writing interesting things and going out there. And that's something that if I had some money, I would when I go out there and grab it from people or ask them for it, then I could give them money. And then they're going in with no agenda because they don't know the day I'm going to come knocking and ask for something. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful, everyone. Yeah, well. You may be next. Yeah, I may give you money if I ever get, if we ever get money. <laughs> if the Edmonton Journal ever sponsors us. <laughs> no, us first. <laughs> I think that, uh, I think you, you touched on something pretty important there, uh, the community aspect of it. I think, in my experience, people just want to be a part of something. Yeah. They get excited when, you know, something like the Edmontonian or meeting a writer or a news broadcaster really demystifies everything. It makes you realize these people live in the same city as me. They're normal people, relatively. Usually. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, it, that kind of, it, it engages you more. It makes it more personal. And, and you guys have been, I find, really good at that. Even in the tone of the way you write your stuff, it's very conversational. It's quite funny. Well, I think that's the other thing we've done very deliberately is that we're just trying to write it in that conversational manner. And even some of the, the newsier things that we've done, yeah. um, because, you know, you can. And as long as if it's like newsy, as long as the facts are there and accurate and, you know, nobody's been misquoted, um, why do you have to be so serious? Why do you have to use, you know, 25 cent words? Yeah. Um, not that you have to dumb it down for people, but... <laughs> 
conversational. Hey, Make jokes. You know, <laughs> welcome to the Edmonton. What's wrong, what's wrong with well, pop culture references? And, and there's something you know. more pleasant about reading something that's more conversational. It's more engaging for yeah. a reader than sitting down and reading a block of text out of a newspaper that's full of wonderful factual information, but it lacks personality. And it's. I think that's one of the reasons why blogs are actually becoming more popular is especially blogs that are a little more newsy that do have as you say like factual information but uh are presented after a fashion as a news source but have a little personality but not not just personality but humor um you know in a lot of ways you guys are somewhere in between the stodgy uh anchor person sitting there reading the news like like the old times and john stewart frankly um some of the features that you do, like the Commerce Place front door, Seinfeld, those kinds of Yeah, well, of I mean, things. some of that stuff is not, it's just stuff around the city well, that you'll find on a lot of other blogs, too. Right, yeah. well, it's not news. It's not news, but it's yeah. it's something that's happening here. It's relevant, and it's just weird. But that was really, that was really deliberate. I mean, in, like, the four hours between, like, in, like conception of the idea and actually getting it online, because that's about all it took, um, that was really deliberate that I've never understood why working in local television, you what do people watch religiously? You watch The Daily Show. That's what you watch. I will watch The Daily Show over the local news any day of the week, right? Why? Well, because it's informative, but it's also entertaining. It speaks to me in a tone that I'm comfortable with. There was a time when infotainment was a curse word. Yeah. Um, I still that, think it is. I don't think to, to, No, it no, that's... It <laughs> is, I'm offended. It, yeah. is, uh, it is to certain mainstream media outlets who would like to brush it off as just... Uh, as something that they don't have to worry about, but they're doing that because they are seriously worried about it. And because with the advent of The Daily Show and The Colbert Report and other shows of that ilk, uh, infotainment is becoming more mainstream and is becoming a source that people are more comfortable going to and enjoy going to more than regular news sources because it is funny and has personality. It speaks to them instead about talking at them. I think that the reason that I, I shuddered when you said infotainment wasn't because of the Daily Show or the Colbert Report or shows of that ilk. Uh, it was because, and we've used the word ilk three times today, I'm just pointing it out. Uh, it's because I think I think that uh, I was thinking of infotainment in the not, not 60 minutes, but like Fox News kind of way. Uh, when motorboats attack, <laughs> that's infotainment in my head. So that's why I think it's a derogatory well, and word. That is, and that is, sorry, my voice went there for a second. <clears throat> that is a type of infotainment. And that's certainly kind of like the low end of infotainment. But I think invot- infotainment has come a long way from when sharks attack dogs and whatever. That I would actually like to see. It's like, it's like uh, being a Jedi. You can be a bad Jedi or a good Jedi. Fox is bad. And, uh, and we are good. Yes. Is this infotainment? I argue that uh, we are infotainment. I think I actually is... have described our podcast as infotainment. I before. I don't know if tainment is uh, is actually part of the formula. Let's ask our tens of listeners. You can write to Adam at adam at theunknownstudio.ca. Please, for the love of God, I'm I'm using that email address only for pornography right now, and it would be really really nice to get some messages that had. Well, as, not boobs in them. I'm not going to email you, but as a listener <laughs> of the podcast, uh, as one of the tens, uh, let's go back to your your entomologist. Uh, there was a guy that will be in 
newspapers will be called on a press release when, you know, the, the city reports mosquito numbers or something like that. Um, or there's something going on that, that the city sets him up as the guy for media to talk to. And I think the stories you'll see with him will be very different from the conversation you guys had with him, where it was very entertaining because it was you two, real people, talking to another guy as a real person. It wasn't, tell me fact A, tell me fact B, I'm going to go put fact A and fact B in a story and just throw fact A and fact B at people. Yeah. It was, you guys were talking about stuff, but we, you know, listening, you learned stuff about what was going on. Yeah. And, and, you know, you in very much the same way of if there was a list of things on a press release that the city was trying to get out that they wanted him to talk about, that it would have been the same information that got out. And it's just thrown out there in a different way. So this this is kind of bothersome. Not bothersome in that people are listening to us, but and I guess not bothersome <laughs> at all. It's weird that people listen to us. And let me expand. I've heard a few different people who have who have used the name of our podcast, invoked it uh, to describe media in Edmonton, and we and Scott and I have actually been invited to a few events as as um, new media, which is weird. It's um, weird for us too because it wasn't it was not intentional. We yeah. were, we were trying to do something interesting and fun, but and and we we hope that someday someone drives a Brinks truck filled with sacks of money uh, to our to our homes. Um, I'm counting down the days. The Edmonton <laughs> Journal, perhaps. Yes, the Edmonton Journal. Read it at edmontonjournal.com. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, I think we hoped that we would have some of that, but it, I think it happened a little quicker than we were expecting. Same but with it's us. Same thing. It's just like people, I, but I think it is media um, because it's not any different than, you know, if what we're doing is not any different than really sort of a lot of stuff you'd find in magazines uh, or magazine style publications. Um, and what you guys are doing is not really different than any, you know, talk show that is is funny and entertaining and you know on sort of topics of the day or or local topics so um, there's that similarity at what point do we have a responsibility to not be total douchebags you know well but i mean that's i think that becomes it's not uh, about being douchebags <laughs> it is Jeff's for a, don't me worry, Jeff's a total douchebag i know i've noticed that about him. um I don't know. It becomes sort of the responsibility of the listener in some ways to understand the difference between blog and conventional media um I mean, the thing to me that's interesting about what you guys are doing is that I interviewed Halney Deviki a couple weeks ago, and he wrote this book called The Peep Diaries, which is about um, peep culture and YouTube and that kind of stuff now. And he, he said something that really stuck with me, which was that the big challenge is to remind people that there's humans on each end of the wire when you're consuming that kind of culture. And I think that's something people have to bring to the table with this. Yeah. And But at the same time, when you're funny, when you're talking to people as a person, uh, it's a lot easier to understand that I'm a person I can make a mistake in my story. So my responsibility is to do the best job that I possibly could when I told the story. So if I interviewed you to be as accurate as I possibly could, but that you understand at the end of the day, and I think it's something that is an advantage for us over newspaper, if I make a mistake, I can come out and be like, oops, yeah. whoops. Whereas with the journal, you know, there's more of a... <laughs> no, you start saying kidding. the sun now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whereas with the Edmonton Examiner... <laughs> <laughs> Those no good nicks at the Edmonton Examiner, <laughs> um, but like in a in a paper format that that it tends to be more procedural where you print a correction and it's it's almost like um, it has conventional media is so evolved to be an authority figure that they talk the way they talk and they're very um, objective air quotes um, so that it it almost takes people's people almost tune it out because it's so factual and there's no humanity in it. Whereas what you're doing, because it's different, because typically there is no there is no humanity in those kinds of stories, 
your responsibility is to do the best job you can and to be honest when you're when you're incorrect and be like, oops, sorry. You've uh, just inspired a new tagline for the Unknown Studio. The Unknown Studio. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> <laughs> no? TM. Going back to the douchebag comment. <laughs> yes, please change um, the subject. I, I don't see a difference between you guys and turning on, on Ched or turning something on, on on Team 1260 um, in terms of the audio format um, because you could have a guy on, like the entomologist from the city, and if he says something uh, that people at the city do not want him to say, he could lose his job for that. If you guys have somebody on who just comes out and slanders somebody, uh, they could be sued for being on here, and they, the guy who wants to sue them could sue you. So there is no difference in that sense. And Note to self, fact check everything <laughs> Jeff says after the show. Starting now. <laughs> and go. Don't check the first bit of the show. It was totally legit. I'm a millionaire. <laughs> la, la, la. But, but I think the actual, like Sally had said, it's the onus is on the audience. The onus is, is on people out there because, uh, and also on you in the sense that once you turn a microphone on, once you put something online, uh, it is no different. Um, there's probably not enough people blogging and podcasting who, or tweeting who don't know that. But True. it really... And they'll probably find out the hard way that the onus was on them before they hit upload or before they turn the microphone on. I actually had something like that happen on uh, another website I run called OilersNation.com. Someone made claims about the, uh, the um, shall we say, uh, toxicologically altered state of a certain television broadcast. Exploits? Yeah, whether they be true or not? Well, I mean, and, and we got on there and said, you know, dude, uh, stop. Because you need proof if you're actually going to say this guy's a drunk. And he was like, no, I don't. It's my opinion. And this I was, was just in like, comments? or This, this was is... in comments. Okay. So, and, and then you know, we went back, deleted them. And then we were just like, this guy posted uh, libelous whatever. And, but I think that you're right. A lot of people are going to struggle with that responsibility now that the means of production are inexpensive or cheap as free. And I, I think that's where the traditional media um, looks down and, and sometimes rightfully so, looks down upon uh, bloggers or, or podcasters or anything else because they say, you don't know this. There's no you know, accountability. I have you know a diploma or a degree and I've worked in newsrooms and I know that you know, I might not churn out award-winning stuff every day, but I know I can't put lies on the air. I know I can't, you know, those kinds of things. And I think... I think it is true, and I think we've seen it in opinion blogs and other things, and anonymous blogs, um, or even tweets and stuff that people say things because they don't realize, you know, there's those repercussions. They just aren't consciously thinking about the fact that what they're saying is public and can be hurtful, can be wrong, can ruin people. You're actually making a Spider-Man reference right now. With great power comes great responsibility. That's what Uncle Ben told Peter Parker yes. before he died. Not Peter Parker. He lived and became Spider-Man, but Uncle Ben, well, he died, and they named a kind of rice after him and put a black man's face on it. On that note, uh, this is a good place to take a break. Let's do that. Have you considered sponsoring or advertising on a local podcast? Well, this is your opportunity. The Unknown Studio is looking for advertisers. If you're interested, contact Adam at theunknownstudio.ca or Scott at theunknownstudio.ca, and this space could be filled with your ad. Now, back to the show. And we're back. Um, 
I'm, I'm going to go way back, actually, and uh, off the topic of where we were talking about uh, the media and whatnot, um, to talk a little bit about Edmonton with the Edmontonian people. Um, you are, this, this interests me, and that's why I want to go back to it. You are from Edmonton, mm-hmm. and you hated it until yes. you kind of started looking at kind of the local community aspect of, yeah. of the news and such. Uh, Jeff, you are from... Away. Away. Elsewhere. You're from you're from a province the, that will remain unnamed. You're from the far east. But I like telling people that I lived in Winnipeg for a couple of years. It's true. It gives me that West cred. credit. Yeah. yeah. But you're not originally from Edmonton and you also like Edmonton now. What what is it about Edmonton that you guys like? Coming from the perspective of someone who used to hate it because you've lived here and from someone who didn't live here to begin with. I think it's probably the same stuff that other cities have. Um Sorry to say that it, it's maybe not stuff that sets Edmonton apart as a world-class like city. Um, I but, enjoy hospitals and roads. <laughs> no, but I mean, we've got, you know, professional sports. Uh, so that's happening all the time, all year. And you've got lots of, you know, venues for bands and arts and all that kind of stuff. There's some cool restaurants. There's a couple of cool, like, you know, neighborhoods like White Ave, 124th, a pocket or two of Jasper, where there's just really neat stuff. And, you know, White, 124th, there's stuff that you're only going to find in Edmonton. Certain restaurants, certain uh, shops, and certain cer- yelling homeless people. <laughs> There's always these little pockets of the neighborhoods as well. Yes, <laughs> that kind of stuff. That's that, Edmonton for you. you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it was just um, just realizing that that stuff was here um, and that stuff was around, and that is you know that there is stuff to do. That it it, it can be fun. Um, yeah, there's stuff that's not fun. There's stuff that you don't like. But I think that it was that realization that there is stuff going on. Um, and especially living, you know, in old Strathcona, that it's like, wow, I live in, you know, what could be arguably the coolest neighborhood in the city, um, you know. And, you know, I lived, you know, somewhat near Queen West in Toronto. And there's a couple of cool neighborhoods in Winnipeg that I lived near. Um, so it's kind of like, hey, this is as good as any other city. Um, and it can be fun. I think it's just, you know, realizing that. And then meeting people online uh, and realizing there are other people who can tell you about that cool stuff, um, but can also, you know, recognize that, nah, maybe there's stuff you avoid. I think you just came up with another tagline for the city, actually. No longer City of Champions. It's Edmonton, as good as other cities. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe we start there and we work <laughs> up to world-class city. Huh? Huh? <clears throat> <laughs> I want to be world class now. Well, we just need to work on it uh, until you know the expo comes, in. <laughs> and then we'll by default be world class, and then we can try and host the Olympics. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to start laughing when I said that. So, Sally, what about you? Um, I think when I got into Twitter, which was like I had to be arm wrestled into, Jeff was like, "It's great, you should try it." I'm like, "Ah, Twitter, I'm old, I don't want it." But um, when I actually tried it, the thing that I found really interesting was because I grew up here and because my father, God rest his soul, was very sort of conservative, <laughs> and I grew up, he was a pipeliner, and so I grew up kind of around that rednecky culture. Um, it was really interesting to me to find a group of sort of people who were working together to discuss things like social change and it was really interesting having grown up in a really sort of I don't want to say repressive because that makes it sound like I'm Amish but (laughs) in sort of just like a really conservative climate to see all these young people that were really interested in being like okay you know enough with 
conservatives or enough with the status quo. Let's change it. Let's do things that are interesting. And what happened, what I happened to find when we started doing this was the ways that you could network to bring all those people together to meet each other. And so it's almost like the thing that I found in people from doing this was um, kind of like the spark of hope, which again makes it sound like we are in bread lines in Russia. But I just, I found that really sort of beautiful that people were like, you know what, even though this is kind of traditionally a really... Uh, conservative redneck sort of environment let's make it um, let's make it artistic let's make it uh, a place where we have dialogues and we have social groups and and that to me is the thing that I still don't really like the city I think still think it's laid out poorly and there's a lousy transit system and has its flaws but the people I think are really really something special here yeah I agree I like the people here too most of them some of them are d-bags and most of them drive their cars in front of me when I'm driving <sighs> that's it not even in a bad way, just the fact they're in front of you <laughs> is the thing you. that annoys you? Yeah, okay. precisely. Because Adam is also one of those D-bag drivers, <laughs> and he wants them out of his way. Yeah, that's why I'm always honking at people. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is kind of really poorly designed. But um, it's nice to see that there are people and groups trying to change that. Yeah. Um, and I was actually talking the other day with uh, some of my friends darling family members about how it'll be interesting to see these sort of integrated communities be developed and you know walkable communities where you can just you know walk out to the corner store and pick up some fresh produce or whatever Um, and I think that in Edmonton particularly if the uptake of technology is better if imagine most or many Edmontonians on Twitter living in these sort of pockets but still interconnected and uh, and you know meeting up and doing stuff, but but then li- you know acting locally and living in their community and contributing locally and not driving so much. That is the great hope I have for the city, and and something that I wouldn't have even considered a possibility again five years ago. I thought Edmonton was a bit of a shithole five years ago. Yeah, I would agree with that. I felt exactly the same way, and and just from doing this and meeting people, I think that's what we found was that people are people want change, and that's kind of shocking. I don't know why it would be shocking. I want it to be different. You yeah. want it to be different. Why wouldn't there be other people like us? But uh, it's it's really sort of inspiring and. Uh, it's a, it's a great time to be here, I think. I think when it comes to change, um, there are a lot of people who desire it and they're surprised to learn that they're not in the minority. Yeah. And that's because when you talk about rocking the boat, you tend to keep your mouth shut because you're afraid of, you know, turning people off or, or driving people away. When in fact, if, if there was more dialogue about it, you'd discover that you're not in the minority. There's a lot of people who desire the things you want and that you form a strong enough base that you can enact that change. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, th- you mentioned Twitter before. I think that's one of the things that tools like that is, uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. I think that's one of the tools that is enacting that kind of uh, that kind of action in, in the city of Edmonton and, and probably elsewhere too. I really can't speak for how things are going anywhere else, yeah. but I assume that it's that kind of social networking that's bringing people together for that. Yeah, for us, I think those kinds of tools sort of negate the um, geographic isolation and and uh, and meteorological isolation we experience here. Like it's it's cold here; it's really cold. And um, for me, that makes me want to stay at home during the wintertime. Like literally, I would I'd prefer to hibernate. I would prefer for five to months, hibernate. not leave. Yeah, just just go off my fat stores. <laughs> And come out really skinny in the springtime <laughs> without doing any work at all. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, Edmonton has a particularly strong online community. Um, I mean, you go to these tweet ups and stuff and you see all the same people and they're wonderful. Um, but but I think that we'll continue to see that sort of build a little bit as people realize that it's one of the great ways to stay interconnected without having to haul your ass out of the house when it's yeah. minus 40. <laughs> it certainly is. And I mean, uh, both, yeah, tweet ups, you'll see some of the same people and um, thinking about rallies and protests and, and covering those. Um, I've covered those in Edmonton. Um, and you'll see a lot of the same faces and a lot of the same groups. But I think that online push uh, is growing to connect more people. And you'll you'll see more people. Uh, Change Camp, uh, which just happened a couple weeks back. There were some of those same people, but same people from Twitter, some of the same people you'll see at rallies and protests, and some people that you maybe would never see at an event like this, all sort of coming together to talk about change. And I think that sort of connectivity is coming from the net, whether it's just you know being on Twitter or seeing things on Facebook or connecting to people through blogs and comments. And I think there is something there that's going to show people that there are other people around who think the same way that you do. And yeah, there are other people who around are you who don't want everybody to drive and we should change something in, in the planning of the city or, you know, we should change this and that and that, yeah, there's lots of other people who think that way and now you can actually sort of meet them. So now that you're part of this uh, this movement towards more connectivity, whether you realized it or not, why don't you guys tell us about some of the um, challenges you've had with the website because there was a period of time over I think the summer where you guys just decided to take a week off. Yeah. What what was that all about? Can we can, <laughs> can we, we were tired. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, we were tired. Again, we had mentioned that we would have planned it better. Um Yeah, explain that a little bit too. Well, I think uh it's a lot of work um to write uh to write original stuff, to be looking around and and sort of doing some of that sort of news-ish coverage where you're, you're going out and you're taking pictures of stuff or you're talking to people, you're calling people, and then you're putting that together. And it's a bit of work. Um, and then you've got to be posting that and you have day jobs. So you're doing your day job and then you're doing this stuff before you go to the day job. And, uh, you know, yes, a little bit during the day job, maybe on lunches and, or you're, you're sitting at your desk eating lunch because you're updating the website and you're out doing stuff or you're, you've got to go out and cover events or go out to a few more events than maybe you would normally as in your social life so yeah we were just tired um but, but at the same time people were contributing um and still do contribute and give us stuff yeah um but we wanted to have something going up all the time like and uh we've scaled that back a little bit realizing we you know are just two people or yeah, we would update like six times a day when yeah we at one point i remember yeah it yeah was, it was astonishing just ran out of ideas <laughs> there's <laughs> nothing else the to write about city. You know, boy edmonton's just as good as every other place <laughs> And, uh, well, I think there are limits to what you can do with the day job. Like I was saying earlier, a website like this or, or other blogs where people are talking about stuff happening, um, you know, should put pressure on the real or, or traditional newsrooms to say, okay, the Internet is covering a restaurant opening. The Internet's really covering, you know, the LRT disruption this weekend. I'm going to go send my reporter to City Hall for two days to look through a stack of documents and come out with this great story about expense reports or something that's important to people, but I can't do because I have a day job. Yeah. Um, and City Hall closes at 4.30 and I can't go down there after my day job to what? work on that. So what I'm just, up with that City Hall? Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and that's the other push to the connectivity on the Internet is that people want to have everything online. And I well, that's what the open data be. movement is all about, um, right? A lot of the documentation that they're, you know, printing um, 
they could just put it online if they, you know, spent some of the printing money just to put it online somewhere. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I think we just we took that break because we were tired. Um, and it was one of the first times to reevaluate kind of what we were doing and where it was going, which continues to happen. And and at that stage after you, you sort of, you know, recharged a little bit, did you guys think about changing some of the ways you were doing things obviously scaling back the amount of content was, yeah, was one of them that was the that was the big one and uh, um like to date i'm not i don't contribute that much anymore i tend to do if there's design issues or web stuff i'll handle that but um for me a personal challenge was that it became really difficult because the really people had a really visceral visceral reaction to it people were really passionate about it right out of the gate that we would get what at one point we had put something up that said like, we are dying here, we need to take a week off. And I started getting emails from people saying, I love your website, I'll contribute, I'll do whatever I have to to keep it going. And that personally, I, the weight of that has over time really gotten to me that it's like, this was never really my calling. Like I'm not, a, I didn't, you know, sorry to break anyone's uh, illusion, but I didn't go to journalism school. Get out! <laughs> neither sorry. did I and neither did Scott, I think probably. So did. I should fact check all of your statements. <laughs> yes, please after do. After this, all right. Yes, and also can you edit this essay that I wrote? <laughs> yes, I'll Thank edit you. the show, I'll edit the essay. I do everything around I'll here. I'll be here all night. Can you be my dad? <laughs> <laughs> we'll go play catch later after I edit everything. <laughs> I'm busy, son, I'm busy. Now, I'm, I'm going to Go back to, because uh, I'm all about going back in the conversation. That's my role on the show. <laughs> Scott's just sitting there being like, yeah, everything's happening too quickly. <laughs> no, I just, I latch on to an idea and then I want to revisit it. Um, you mentioned that you were going out to more events than you maybe would have normally in your social life. Um, did you guys feel that was kind of an opportunity? Do you feel that was like a really good experience? Yes. Or that it continues to be a good experience that you kind of are forced in a way to go out and take in more... I'm going to say culture. More Edmonton. More yeah. Edmonton than you would normally have yeah. been able to. Certainly. Or that, you know, I spent, you know, a day going around downtown taking pictures so that, you know, when we put up new sort of pictures or stories on the websites, that there's always something there um, just, to, and just to do that, just to go around and, and take a look at some neighborhoods. So that, yeah, it certainly is an opportunity. Um, and I, I enjoyed it because it was some of the stuff that I used to do in the day-to-day -day news stuff. So it felt normal and comfortable, um, but it was just nice to go out. And it still is to just go around and take pictures of stuff, uh, to go out to events, a lot of, you know, bands and art and stuff like that, and just check it out. And, and then, yeah, put it on the website and have a place to, to blog about it, um, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I... I... I'm a bit of a social phobe. Like, I don't like going out ever, really. I tend to stay home and watch a lot of television. I was going to actually ask you what the deal was with the tinfoil hat that you're wearing. Does that <laughs> have anything? Upset? Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> they know what I'm thinking. Um, so I don't, uh, for me, it's really, pu it pushes me outside my comfort zone, but it's also really great because for people that are like that, I'm not really in any community, right? Because I'm quite frankly too afraid to join any community so when you go out and you're like i'm a reporter I'd, i'm okay to be here um that it's nice because it's like an automatic in it makes it okay to talk to people so for me it's been nice because i've met a ton of people that there would have been no prayer i would have met otherwise unless they were on my couch watching television with me and what are you doing here <laughs> nice sometimes i'll just come home there'll be people there watching tv <laughs> sally's like it's the only way i can meet people <laughs> but going back to your point where you're saying you know we were talking about when does the responsibility start with like with this show and other things uh and you know that people are listening and, and will talk to you about it or you'll see somebody reference it elsewhere and you'll be like you listen to the, the show um that you'll we'll go to stuff and you'll say you know i'm from the edmontonian.com and people might not know what that is 
but there are some actual newsrooms in the city that if you walked up, they'd be like, which one is that? You know, which which station is that or which one is that? And you'll go up and you'll go to events. And I think that is breaking down a wall uh, in the sense that people who hold events or have news conferences or something is happening uh, or employ PR staff or PR departments, they want coverage. They just want people to know about them. They don't care if it's in a newspaper, or it's on TV, uh, it's in radio. I mean, they care to some degree that the, the bigger ones in their minds are covering them or their key you know, demographic kind of newsrooms are covering them, but bloggers can show up. You have to, I think that's something else that has to be learned. Um, there's some decorum and, and, you know, sort of ways that traditional news conferences and events go that people will kind of look down the nose if you're not doing it right. But new reporters can do things wrong too. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's another thing is just kind of easy and nice to go out and, and people are very accepting. Um, you know, and I'm sure you've probably called people or you will be calling people to come on the show and they'll just say yes. And you'll be like, really? It was that easy? Yeah. No. I, and we've that that's actually been my experience. So we, I mean, a lot of the people we've had on the show, we know or or know through other people. But we've had a few that have been like, "We, I want to be on your show. And I'm just like, oh, that's great. Why? <laughs> and and what what would we talk about? And they always have an idea. You know, you well, you guys talk about this, so maybe we could talk about this thing that's tangentially well, related. Scott to had it. mentioned earlier, like the the news sort of putting things out there at you, and there is that sort of discussion that goes on now about the fact that it's it can be a two way conversation, whether it's just in comments, um, or like I said, we wanted to go out and grab people's blogs and and postings and pictures and put it on ours as a hub. Uh, and it doesn't have to be that, you know, the newsroom dictates to you what's happening in the city today because there's all these blogs. There's all, everybody's talking about it all the time. And, uh, you know, I think that, yeah, people just want to talk. Um, and, you know, in terms of this, if, if Ched or CBC is not going to call people who have interesting ideas, but you guys call them, of course they want to talk. And it's not really any different because at any given moment, there may be nobody listening to that radio station. There may no, be nobody watching that TV program when your story is on or your interview is on. So this isn't any different. And I think that's something that maybe scares traditional media and is why there's sort of that pushback against blogs and, and podcasts. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you've had your trials and tribulations and you continue to do so. Um, is there any plan to do Sally more video? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, you know, I would love to do more video. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't have a very good camera, so it's always a crapshoot that I'll go and shoot a lot of video. And I, the way that we're doing it is sort of ghetto with like things taped together. And, and so I've done stories that we just couldn't use because they just didn't turn out when I got them mm -hmm. back to edit. Um, I'd love to integrate that kind of stuff in it, but kind of the cold hard truth is that we need to make some money, right? Like it's, to, it, I was an editor in television and it's a full-time job to edit stuff for TV, right? Like television stations employ a myriad of editors. So for me to produce one three minute story is like a good, it's 12 hours. Like that is 12 hours of work from shooting it to editing it to putting it online. Um, so yes, someday that would be wonderful. Not right now as I continue to search for employment. Yes. <laughs> That's Sally at <laughs> Um Remember, I don't have a journalism degree. Uh -huh. 
But um, she can edit videos. <laughs> but yeah, like I'd love to do that. I did some podcasts with bands and that was super fun to take like local artists and play their songs and put it in a format where you could kind of see the person and put the music together with it. So then you're more inclined maybe to go check out the band because you know who this guy is. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just time. It's time and money to put into it. So you guys are hosting ads on the website. Yeah, are, are yeah it's it's starting. And, uh, and I mean, yeah, like she said, it's just, I mean, you guys do this um, on your own time. So, I mean, yeah, if somebody paid you some money, uh, it would probably either be easier to come out here. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be, oh, it's time to do the stupid show. <laughs> do, I have to, do I have to see Scott? You know, <laughs> um, it would be, there'd be incentive there. Or you, you can put something else on the back burner because this is now a paid gig to some degree. Well, um, and that's the, that's the hope, right? Yeah, and that, and that I think you know with video and the hope is yeah eventually maybe it becomes something else that there is sort of more of a full time ish to it, um, and that that would just you know in kind allow me or other people to do more writing and to cover more things, um, which you know then you can maybe increase that advertising revenue or whatever, and it's just sort of that vicious circle. So what we're saying, uh, gentle listener, is that. If you know someone who's looking to advertise, the Edmontonian and the Unknown Studio would very much like to be able to do more better. And uh, we can do that if you give us money. It sucks to, it sucks to, I mean, we're, we're obviously half joking and being really tongue in cheek about it, but it, I always feel bad, even though I shouldn't, asking for money from uh, show sponsors. And I'm trying to think of a more creative way to, you know the the old ad model display advertising uh stand-ups on television um cuts on on the radio is there a better way to do this like that's been some that's been debate for us too like we've gone over about a million ways to try and yeah we and don't do it that we're comfortable with even if we're getting people lined up to advertise with us um uh there's a limited number of places uh that you can put stuff on a page before yeah. it becomes you know just Ugly. too much yeah <laughs> Um, or and we don't want to do pop-ups, um, which can be you know another source of money. But so we don't want to do that. So that's one ad type that you're cutting out. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, you're limited by your spaces. Um, and then but we so we really do think, um, and this is always part of the discussion. It's like it can't be the plan can never be that this website um, is fully funded by ads. It can't be um, because that's what got sort of traditional media into the cuts that they are in right now um, because it's pretty much just been ad revenue. So have you considered going to like a partly donation model, like asking asking your viewing public or what have you? Sort of Hey, you guys radio. like our stuff. Yeah. We would like to produce more of it. Yeah. You can, you can get more personally invested by like legitimately investing in it, by giving us some money, by donating 20 bucks, you've made our life a little easier. And if 100 people do that, our life is a lot easier. Yeah, we've discussed that. Yeah, that's something that is on the, the list of things to, to look at. Like, obviously, we would take traditional sort of ads right on the page. Um, and then, you know, things in the video stories um, and various types of sponsorship as well. <laughs> like product placement? Yeah, we would no. God damn, this Pepsi is delicious. <laughs> but almost like a commercial or an animation that, to sponsor the video story. Um, yeah, yeah. That like they, at the beginning of the exactly was brought um, to you by whoever. That's something um we've always talked about yeah the traditional sort of sponsorships there used to be you know the colgate hour or whatever like whatever happened to that like why you know could we bring that back like things like that 
Um, and then, yes, asking people to donate um, as well. But again, having no one thing uh, as your total sort of generator of revenue. Well, that, I think that's the only viable way to do it. You yeah. can't rely on one stream. Of, well, one stream over another, fine. Like if you're getting more from display advertising than video sponsorship, whatever. Oh, yeah, it can be like a percentage breakdown. But it has to be But it has to be all. Don't yeah. forget to sell some Edmontonian swag. There's also that. We <laughs> yeah. also have, yeah, a cafe press store where, you know, we sell. Right now we've got a couple of shirts, um, a clock, a wall clock. <laughs> really? Why not? With the Edmontonian. The logo. Edmontonian yeah. in the middle. And, uh, <laughs> buttons, and a button. Buttons. And, yeah. But, I mean, I mean, you go to cafe press or, or sites like that and you can slap your logo on, you know, magnets and, and pillows and everything. And there's another potential. It's never going to be, you know, that's not going to fund, you know, $100,000 and a couple of reporters for a year. Um, but if it gives you a few bucks, it's something else. That if you've got an ad that that client disappears or doesn't pay, well, it doesn't, you know, kill a yeah. reporter's, you know, position or kill like a week worth of stories or, or things like that, which has sort of happened in the in the traditional news with especially the, the car companies, that that was such a big client and then that big client disappeared. Um, and a lot of the companies, because they're larger national or international corporations, also don't do a whole lot. I think radio is the one that does the most local advertising. So, but that's why newspapers and TV are probably taking the biggest hit. A lot of car companies buy national. So, I mean, it's it's there's so many of those little things that yeah we are always thinking about because I think that does have to change with all sort of you know news models. Yeah. That it's not going to be one stream of revenue. There has to be multiple streams. But don't cross the streams because it will destroy the universe. That's right. And then Gozer will win. Just throwing that out there. Um, Are you the key master? (laughs) I am the gatekeeper. Uh, Just a little Ghostbusters for you guys. I thought you'd enjoy it. The SOS Fantôme, as the French call them. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Um, I, I really, I do want the Unknown Studio to be something that Scott and I can spend more time on, like... That you could be doing it in six months or a year from now, it'd still be around. Yeah, exactly, and and you know that we could that we could ta- that we could buy some equipment and go out and interview people and mm-hmm. use that on the show. We just don't have the money because I'm not going to go out and buy some piece of crap thing that barely works and breaks after use yeah. three times. Like we we've settled on a level of quality here. <laughs> I swear to God, we have guys, <laughs> listeners. Don't you think? It's low, but it's, it's there. Remember what low. I said about Edmonton? We're as good as other cities. We are. Start at that point. That's what, and that's, that <laughs> Work is, your way up. That's where we're starting. And, Work and your I, way up to CBC Radio <laughs> 1. <laughs> Beware, CBC. But, I mean, I, I want to be able heels. to do that kind of thing. And we want, we've talked about building a website. But I don't, I don't have the expertise to do it myself in a way that it will look good. I certainly don't either. And yeah, so, and what you want it to be. You yeah. don't want to do something that you would feel is kind of slapdash. And I so we'd need to bring in someone, and someone I, to and do I our web work. I don't want it to be something that, that we have to change dramatically in three years either. Like, Because if I build it, it'll be like, you know, Duplo building blocks Geocities. on the web. Yeah, Some spinning GIFs of yeah. you guys. And, and you know, <laughs> marquee tags and blink tags and all that <laughs> stuff. But uh, so, so, I mean... It, I understand that stuff takes a bit of an investment, and that's why we've got we do these ads that say, "Hey, if you want to sponsor the show, well, uh, no one wants to sponsor us." Well, that's the thing. I mean, we'll you sponsor need... you if you sponsor us. <laughs> All right, the Edmontonian. We don't have any money. We can't sponsor anyone. <laughs> Sell each other ads for one dollar. <laughs> so like, 
Um, you need you need salespeople, right? Like that's like for us to lament that we don't have any money. It's not that we've been knocking on doors left and right and nobody's yeah, buying. It's true. It's that I, I do I look like I'm going to sell anything to anybody? Like I, you know what I mean? I can really referencing again myself. the tinfoil hat. <laughs> Our next ad is going to be like, the Unknown Studios hiring a salesperson. Yeah. We'll pay you in colored beads. <laughs> like, that, that's the other thing, right? Like, I'd love for someone to be able to do that for us, but, but, you, yeah. but no one uses colored beads to buy things anymore. What is this? I do 70s? like for a few things, but <laughs> not as my, gen, again, not my total revenue. That's what and I use to buy my crystal meth. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, is that it is possible for you to have... Um, an advertiser fall in your lap. The right person listens to your mm -hmm. thing or reads your thing online and goes, our target audience would totally be down with that. And boom, suddenly you're rolling in money. But you can't count on that happening. Yeah. No. You, you do have to put in the legwork and, and we all have uh, day jobs and we can't put in that legwork. That's probably one of the things, again, we're talking about planning it a little better. Um, I, you know, you can sort of say, oh, well, I'll, I'll write this and, you know, maybe on my day off, instead of writing, you know, two things that day, I'm going to go out and, and do some some sales calls or, or whatever. But it's like it doesn't work that no, way. You no, do no. need somebody else. Um, and it's just planning. Um, but I do think that for a local product, um, there's money out there. I do, too. Uh, I, do too I don't believe that there's no advertising money. Um, there's tons. I mean, I worked, the job that I lost was at a local creative department. I worked in a, at a television station here. I edited ads and did animations and stuff. And the reason that I don't have my job anymore is they're phasing it out of the city because they're not interested in local advertisers. They just don't do it. They have this On, on of, network television. Kind on, of, kind on of Yeah, on local television. They have this kind of perception. Um, some may call it arrogant. I wouldn't. Again, because I'm still looking for a job at a television station. That <laughs> That's you Sally can at produce, You can produce that ad just as well in Calgary or Toronto as you can here. And so there are there's a, a huge kind of group of people that aren't car companies that want to advertise their product. And there is really arguably not a lot of places to do it in an affordable manner here because it's just gotten outrageous with certain television stations or you don't even have the option of having the work done here anymore. So it's there's there's money to be made. It's just somebody has to actually do it. Plus you'd be wanna... you'd be dealing with smaller players, right? Which doesn't necessarily work for big, you know, stations or big uh, newsrooms. They need more money to, to pay for reporters and staff and that kind of and that's understandable. Um, but again, maybe it's that percentage breakdown of national to some local and then that way if the national falls, you've still got some money. Yeah. Um, but I also think that, you know, because you'd be including smaller players, um, and there is some of that that goes on, um, but I think there could be more of it. You'd not only be including smaller players because they want to get their message out. They want, if they're in business, they want business. They want people to, to shop and buy. Um, plus it also adds to that community discussion that now you're more aware uh, if you're looking at local websites or you're listening to to local internet radio like the unknown studio and you hear local companies restaurants businesses you just become more aware of what's in your city mm -hmm. but then there's that effort of going and talking to those restaurants and saying instead of spending money on food for your patrons you should advertise on the unknownstudio.ca the unknownstudio.ca i'm adam So we've patted each other on the back for over an hour now. It was more of a, more <laughs> and, of a uh, hand job than anything else. <laughs> but uh, 
I think that's a good time to cut in with uh, the Fast 15. Well, or Fast 16, as we have two guests. That's correct. And given that uh, at least one of you listens to the show regularly. <laughs> do you listen? Yes, yes. So at least two of you. Fabulous. So you know how this works. Starting with Sally, the Fast 16, your favorite food. Salad. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first food You I don't make of. friends with salad. <laughs> That's true, you don't. Jeff, That's going to be my head all night. Your favorite color. Red. Sally, Mac, PC, or Linux? Uh, Mac. Uh, dogs or cats, Jeff? Dogs. Sally, your first vehicle? Uh, 1979 Dodge Aspen. Which was named? Sweet Miss Pickles. Jeff? Was it green? <laughs> no. Oh. Wood paneling. That's fabulous. Jeff, your favorite holiday? I uh, like Christmas. Sally, your favorite sport? None of them. I'm not sporty. Jeff, your favorite pastime? I like to read. I don't do a lot of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I enjoy it. Sally, your favorite music right now? The Mystery Ponies, because it's my band. Oh, nice. Yeah. You have a band? <laughs> yeah, I have a band. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sally at the Edmontonian. <laughs> com. <laughs> Jeff, your favorite movie? Uh, my favorite movie. Ooh. Uh, I really enjoy Swingers. Oh, that's a good movie, actually. Yeah. It's like the the not bromance, but it's like a man's romance movie. Yeah. And it's it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and I think still somewhat underrated. Agreed. Uh, for the writing. Uh, Sally, a movie that you hate, but everyone else seems to love. Wow, dude. That's uh, I don't know because I can enjoy pretty much anything. You if do. I this is the that. thing. This is the thing I don't understand. They listen to our show. They've heard the Fast Fifteen before. They're not prepared for the tough questions. I he wanted always it to be asked. spontaneous. I wanted there to be energy. In hindsight, maybe not the best choice. <laughs> <laughs> there is energy. <laughs> I don't know. There's the energy. You do have a pass. Okay, I'll take the pass. Okay, and just to go to your comment, uh, we didn't know which order we would get them in. Yeah. So maybe I prepared That's for how we all mess of them. With them. There you go. Nice. I know, uh, Jeff. Uh, the one movie that you made made fun of for loving. I love the Mummy. <laughs> I will but, make fun of you. But only the first, just The Mummy. I don't like the sequels. That doesn't make it right. I just wanted it to be clear. <laughs> just throwing it out there. Okay. Sally, your first wild card. If it wasn't The Edmontonian, what would it be called? Sharon McLean's Edmontonians. Oh, I believe that one's taken. <laughs> That's why. I know. Uh, Jeff, what makes for a funnier movie genre and why? Black exploitation or cat exploitation? Cat exploitation. Why? Why not? All why right. do you even have to ask why? <laughs> Just it's, it's in the name. Uh, uh, Sally, what is the one Arnold Schwarzenegger movie you think has some of the best or cheesiest lines? The one with the helicopter is that Predator. Yes. Yeah. Uh, get into chopper. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. I'm gonna have to disagree with that. The Running Man is the cheesiest of the Arnold movies. Okay. Best. Sub Zero. Now <laughs> Plane Zero. <laughs> Ice to see you. That that had some of the best lines. That is totally a guilty pleasure. Actually, the only reason that I brought this up was because I hoping some I was hoping someone would say Total Recall because I think that's one that's of the, also that, so, that's not. Uh, I don't even think that's a bad Arnold movie. That's an adequate. Arnold but movie. the lines in it are. Oh well. Get yeah. these people here. <laughs> <laughs> also, True Lies. <laughs> it's a bomb. Get down. Get down. Dana. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> last wild card question for Jeff. If you could be skilled in the use of but one deadly weapon, what weapon would it be and why? Throwing star. Ooh. For distance. Mm. And awesome. 
For distance uh, and awesome. They travel at the speed of awesome. They do. And so do Jeff and Sally from theedmontonian.com. Thank you guys for participating in the Fast 16. So what is lined up for our next episode? I'm glad you asked that, Scott, because it uh, took considerable brain power to come up with this one, mostly because someone canceled on us and we had to replace uh, someone else. We are going to have a gentleman on the show by the name of Kerry Williams. He's co-chair of the Next Gen Committee at the City of Edmonton and one of Avenue Magazine's top 40 under 40, but only by a few years. I'm just kidding. I love you, Kerry. He was the cover boy. Cover boy? We're going to call him that. What's up, cover boy? <laughs> Saw you on the cover of that magazine. <laughs> nice hair. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Sounds exciting. <laughs> yes, it will be. Uh, so once again, uh, thanks to the, uh, I've been calling them the cast and crew of the Edmontonian for joining us uh, in the studio today. The ill-fated cast and crew because they had to sit through this podcast. It's true. It's thanks, sometimes guys. it felt like you didn't even need us here. <laughs> <laughs> thanks once again, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, Episode 11. Our guests, Sally Paulson and Jeff Samsono, our topic, The Edmontonian. Reproduction by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. sweet and as often as possible.